Hey, what's up, AZ? This is Jesse Perry, a.k.a. Mr. Downtown Phoenix. I'm going to be your host today for Tap That AZ, brought to you by Arizona Food and Beer. Today, I'm in downtown Phoenix at Trap House Barbecue with Dustin from Helio Basin Brewing and the infamous Phil the Grill from Trap House Barbecue. My idea of barbecue comes from happiness, right? That's oh, my happy place, right? So, so i like that i like that how's it going guys welcome to the week this is it it is monday it is just past noon and we're already getting cranking you know this is this is how you do it in this industry uh i think you know we got uh you got to be hustling when you're cooking, when you're grilling. You got to be hustling when you're when you're brewing and that's, when you're that's what the when you're thinking. It's all about, oh, yeah. baby. You got to cook it up, chef it up, and get that product out there. That's right. It's great to have you here, <laughs> chef. Oh, you know, you know, I'm 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 glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, we're and not only here, but here in the neighborhood, you're one of the newest additions to the downtown Phoenix neighborhood. Not only that, but you're you're right on Roosevelt Row. You're on the strip that is it. And that's where I wanted to be. You know, if it, if it wasn't going to be Broadway in Manhattan, I wanted to be on the Strip in downtown in the heart of Phoenix. I wanted to bring that life straight to Phoenix. You know, that whole urban living. I just love what they're doing with the community right now, with the art, the, you know, the creativity. Everything is just popping down here, and I definitely needed to be a part of that. Well, and you've already got quite a large trophy shelf over there. You've been on several different... Uh, channels you've been on the Food Network. Uh, tell us a little bit about your rise to to understanding that food was going to be part of your life to where you're at now. You know, um, I I, I uh, blame my ADHD. You know, but uh, <laughs> but I make it work for myself. You know, <laughs> so but uh, but here, here's the deal. You know, I, I'm coming out of construction. I probably I've always worked for myself about since I was 30. Uh, was doing construction in New York, Virginia. When I came out here, I always had the love from cooking. I, I would been cooking and making my own French toast since I was like the age of like five. Um, but working with my hands and being able to create something and stand back and looking at it after it's done just gives me the great gratification. So that's always been a part of me. And I always wanted to kind of open up my own little boutique eatery type spot, you know? So that's always been my end goal. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. You know, I, I came out here in uh, 09, um, you know, with nothing else but construction. Um, started my own catering company after I started getting invited to a lot of people's house. And I was bringing the main dish, the side dish, the dessert. And I was like, wait a second, I think I got something here. <laughs> so... Once I put that into the realm, I, I, you know, I started my own catering company, and then from there I went to a food truck. But once I started doing the food truck in 2009, I just said to myself, I was like, you know, I got to prove to the community that I'm the best out there. So I started, you know, turning on TV and seeing Pitmaster and all these guys, you know, all these old guys from the South, you know, competing and saying they had the best barbecue. But I'm in the backyard, you know, and I'm, right. I'm out at the uh, football fields and stadiums and tailgating and things like that. Who's to say that a New York boy can't have good barbecue, too? So I had to go prove a point. So, you know, I went and got my first smoker from Barbecue Island. Um, and I, I, I went and started competing, you know, and then when I went out there and started competing, I started winning, you know, and then they started calling me the Jay-Z a barbecue because I was starting to, the, the New York boy came out and started oh, to take so you it didn't down. give yourself that name. No, no, no. So what happened was it was the, it was the funniest. So I pull up in this customized RV out in, uh, Lake Havasu first comp and, and I'm out there, everybody's got cowboy boots and cowboy hats, and I'm coming out with Tim's, and I got the uh, DMX playing, Jay-Z playing in the background, and, you know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just getting it right now, you know? So, uh, so, so, you know, the bottom line is, I, that was my first comp. I came in second place out of 115 people. I came in second place, place wow. in chicken, third place in pork, first comp. And now... 
they starting to call me the Jay-Z of barbecue because they're like, how did this guy come out here from New York and just start killing it, you know? And ever since then, I just kept getting awards, like you said, on my trophy wall. Um, a couple of my biggest achievements was uh, uh, 2016, uh, uh, the Reno comp for Sam's Club. That was a grand championship. Uh, American Royal, the World Series of Barbecue. That was second place in pork. And that was the Invitational. So some big players like uh, Tuffy Stone, Myron Mixon, all of those guys didn't get called. And I'm getting called in that battlefield right there. You oh, know? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a great thing. And that, so I felt like at that point, I have got my accomplishments made to where I can now say I've earned my hardware and now people can really respect me inside the industry and outside the industry and I have a story to tell. Well, I like that. I like that. And I think that uh, that ties directly in with kind of the philosophy that goes along with what Helio Basin does. Yeah, they as call well. me the Jay-Z at Brewing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm totally. going to get you a I'm plaque that too, says that. I'm, hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going, that's happening. You heard it here first. That's it. That's it. Now, no, I, I, you know, I love your beers, man. I, I you know, when, when, and I, I might, I don't want to, I don't want to talk over it, but you know, when, when I met Jesse and, uh, you know, and, and I saw the artwork that he displayed on your cans and I was like, dude, this is just like, yo, this is the perfect try. It's like, you know, back to the uh, Phil Jackson days, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, triangle office. This yeah, is it right here. I like it. I like that. That's awesome. <laughs> so it, it, it is. It's like a trifecta. And for those of you that don't know, uh, I have done some artwork here at Trap House. I did three murals uh, here as well as uh, some of the beer that's featured here, which is Helio Basin's Brew. Their three cans also uh, are my design work as well. So Phil reached out to me. Uh, to do some art for for the space, it turned into a lot more uh, of a relationship that also spilled over into some of the other work that I've done with uh, places like Helio Basin, uh, and getting that connection happened, it just created this trifecta, uh, and that's why we're here today. Yeah, I mean, it just fits just seeing them on the on the wall over there, yeah. like displayed the cans fit with the theme and, and just being part of downtown Phoenix. And that's kind of what we want to do, too. Even though we're kind of a little bit outside of downtown, we're still part of Phoenix and trying to put Phoenix on the map more than Scottsdale or Tempe or whatever. Like Phoenix is its own unique entity. And it's oh, like totally. it's time for people totally. to recognize that. So, and you, you're absolutely right. You know, and, and part of my thing when I came out in 09, you know, uh, downtown, I mean, I think the only thing they had happening downtown was like the Sun Stadium. And it wasn't even talking stick then. What was it then? Oh, it was. Uh, it was the uh, Continental, the, right? Was no, it? not Continental. It was something with the U.S. Airways. The US, that's right, yeah. Yeah. And, and so that was it. And then they had the library, and I was like, "Wow, what's all this space in between? And why is nobody captivating on you know building this up?" Didn't know that was in a long-term plan, you know. But uh, you know, it, it has to expand a little further because. I always call this since I moved out here, it was like the biggest, smallest city. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. And so it has to expand a little more further than just yeah. the sevens to the sevens. For sure. You know what I mean? A little more than 7th Ave to 7th Street, you know, it, it needs to expand. And I, and I think we are about to connect the dots and make that grow. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like, we're the same thing. You know, I came out here in 09 also, and yeah, same thing. There wasn't a lot going on downtown. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? How come there's not a lot down? And everyone's kind of spread so far out, east and west. And it's like, there's a lot of cool shit down here that needs to happen. And finally, people are starting to hit the residential and commercial and it's building. And where we're at on Thomas on 40th Street, we're starting to have that connection happen along that Thomas corridor where it's like people can live and be in Phoenix proper. And it's happening. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. How, how can you say, OK, Arizona, like the city is Phoenix. And everybody has to be on the outskirt to have a good right. time. Yeah. <laughs> that like drives me nuts. It's like, oh yeah, like Phoenix, I'm going out to North Scottsdale. It's like, no, you're not. It's North Scottsdale. <laughs> it's not Phoenix. Exactly. Well, the aim of downtown Phoenix has been making it more walkable, more traversable uh, for, for years. And the gentrification of the city was brought up by about a decade with paying attention to what was happening with the arts and some of the other programs that were developing in downtown. And you start to get some major players, not only chefs that are celebrities, major players in the food world, that's what starts to turn people's head and make locations, destination locations. Yeah. And by having strong figures in the community that are clearly here to make a change and here to stay, you make a more comfortable community. And that's what we're going to start to see it 
break loose from the sevens down here. That's where we're going to start to see some of the areas just outside of Arcadia get a little bit more comfortable. And some of these zones that have been declared like quote unquote safe zones in Phoenix are going to start to expand out a little bit more. Uh, you know, you'd always hear horror stories about coming to downtown Phoenix and yeah. homeless people. It rolls up at five o'clock and there's nothing going on down here. I challenge anybody that said that to come down now that hasn't seen it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and you know, and, and, and just being the uh, city boy from New York, you know, uh, you know, the, the homeless, that, that was a thing in New York, right? So, I mean, that, that was part of your community. I mean, that they had their own community along, along their own lines, right? So, I mean, you kind of got to embrace it. Like downtown and every downtown kind of has that. But at the same time, you just got to bring life to it, right? So if they're part of the community, embrace it, right? So I I really want to embrace downtown, you know? So where Manhattan is only like 12 miles long, but you have certain sections of Manhattan that's kind of broken off to what you can, you can go for what you need. I mean, there's a jewelry district, diamond district, there's a meat district. I mean, in this 12 miles, like there's a little sections you can, you know, like, okay, if I want Italian food, I'm going to go to Mer Mulberry Street. So why can't we build that same, you know, aspect here in Phoenix? I mean, Phoenix is like one of the biggest cities in in the country. Yeah, in the country. Fifth, right? five, yeah. Yeah. Fifth largest population and the largest city in urban sprawl exactly. standards. Yeah. And, and now I'm comparing it with a 12-mile long city, Manhattan, right? right? So 12 miles. And now, so there should be an area. We sh should be able to cultivate it to where that there are certain sections to know what you want or what you want to do this evening. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to be at, you know, so I'm, I'm totally all about embracing, you know, the local and the authenticness of being downtown Phoenix, you know, downtown Phoenix is definitely there. Cultivate is absolutely the, the right word, uh, you know, and this district that we're in here now is the arts district of Phoenix. We it used to be congested with uh, it was over 100 murals, making it one of the mural meccas, not only of the United States, but of the world. Uh, we've since seen a, a heavy loss of the amount of public art that we've seen, but what's making up for that is some of like what we're seeing here from Phil, and that is putting up, you know, several pieces inside here. If you guys haven't come in and seen, he has a, a, a barbecue slang wall, he has a wall that's dedicated to his evolution as a chef, and then we also have a chalkboard wall that's dedicated to kind of just being something that's fun, an original concept, and that's called When Barbecue Flies. Uh, so. I think what Phil is really doing is bringing some of that New York development of understanding what a particular district offers and really living up to that. He moved into the downtown arts district and the first thing that he did was bring on three artisanally designed local beers, throw up three murals and just bring this place to life. Immediate natural fit. And like, you know, you look at First Fridays, right? And a couple years ago, First Fridays down here was like an underground thing, and it was everything was these vacant lots, and people were just doing these pop ups here and there. You come down to First Friday now, like yeah. underground opening. Yes, holy yes. shit! And, you got to line out the door; and, the whole and, streets are and, shut and, down. And, and, and that's the thing, and that's what we're still. I mean, Trap House is still trying to do that every First Friday, even though that that was my grand opening. This First Friday is going to be amazing. Oh, the I next First Friday is going to be amazing because, I, and you know, the great thing and what almost brought tears of joy to me, well, it did bring tears of joy to me. At the end of the night, after like slaving. I was going to say, man, you were like hustling back there. You were sweating. I don't know if there were tears or you were sweating like crazy. You were like nonstop back there. Was being able to go out to the uh, private party that we had and just seeing families you know, yeah. it was like kids dancing on stage, you know, mothers, you know, and that's the whole community, you know, it, it, it was just a great thing. And, you know, and and that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that, like, the community really has a place that every month they know that first Friday I could come here safely. There's no problems. You know, we can grab some good food, have a good time. And the whole family is out there, you know, having oh, yeah. a great time, you know. And, and, and that's, you know, being like growing up in like, you know, I, I was born in 71. But, you know, my my 
memory is like the 80s, you know? So right. just having a place where, you know, carnivals and things like that are not dead, you yeah. know? Or even just overpriced things, you know? You right. could actually come out and just enjoy yourself as a family. Yeah, just free walk around, check stuff out. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, it's not like you're not commercializing this just community aspect, which is unfortunately what happens, I think, a lot of times. And, you know, it is really cool. We came down to check it out, and it was, yeah, there's strollers, people walking around in the streets. It was just everyone was having a great time, and it's like... Hell yeah, this is this is Phoenix rising right yeah. now. This is like yeah. a lot of stuff is happening right here. Definitely. Well, it Definitely. seems like that um, that kind of communal sense is what really defines your philosophy on food. Uh, could you could you speak a little bit more to that? Like, what where does your idea of barbecue come Definitely. from? Definitely, you, you know my my my. My idea of barbecue comes from happiness, right? That's oh, my happy place, right? So, you know, back east, you know, I the only downside coming to the West Coast was that now football for me, football Sunday starts at like nine o'clock, cheerio yeah, hour, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheerio hour, right? So, so, so when, when I was back east. That was the, I mean, when I was, when, yeah, when I was back east, that was the one thing that I enjoyed was just that lazy Sunday, you know, grabbing a great prime of meat or a prime or fine cut of meat and cooking it overnight and just inviting friends over to grab some good beer. So this is my, this is my philosophy of barbecue, right? right. So BBQ, right? Beets, beer, and Q. I love it. Right? Dig. Beats, beer, and cue. Hell yeah. Dig. Right? So Sunday, just oh, inviting, the, like a dinner the, inviting, right inviting oh, yeah. the homies over, right? You grab grab some, you know, you got the beats playing in the background. You you, you got some good beer and you got some good cue and football's on. Dude, that's it. That I mean, that's 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 what makes a fabulous Sunday. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's what life's all about. That's what you work towards all week. I just got two new things, beats, beer, and cue, and the Cheerio Hour. Right? <laughs> Those are two like, yeah. Y'all be yeah. taking notes now. Yep. <laughs> I wrote that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. No, I love it. And, you know, I think that that kind of, that type of passion and sim- simplistic understanding of what makes something so great is why, like, I get along with both of you guys so well. Because you're passionate about what you do. You do it to the best of your ability, which is, you know, far exceeding the standards of what exists in today's society. And you do it not only with a smile on your face, but you're asking other people like, hey, how can I, how can I make your experience better? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, just having that opportunity to come discover more about that philosophy. Oh, oh, oh totally. Been, you know, and, and, that, and that's the thing, you know, um, I've, I've, I've worked around, you know, a lot of good people to get me to where I'm at right now and just watching them and seeing their actions and seeing how they interact with the community really embraced me and, and, and motivated me to do what I wanted to do here in Phoenix. You know, no way would I've gotten this chance in New York. I'll be honest. I, I was born and raised, born in the Bronx, grew up out there, but there's no way because it's just overpopulated. And, and again, back to my first statement, one of the things that when I came out of here in 09 that I saw that was missing was West Coast was not embracing Phoenix, right? Oh, no. So, yeah. So, so, oh, so we're, we're a redheaded stepchild out here, yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you got like San Francisco, you got L.A., you know, Orange County, all the, you know, they're like, why would you want to live in the desert? But meanwhile, they got a Palm Springs out. It's there. an oasis out here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is an oasis. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, so one of the things that I, you know, okay, so, all right, so we on the East Coast, we had uh, uh, Cape Cod. You have Maine. You have the Hamptons, right? But they are not sticking their nose up to like Florida or or Atlanta or things like that. So now I think now that they they been trying to uh, keep that whole style going I, I feel like they have really embraced it to where like you know what why am I being a fool why why don't I just go and pay a, a liver a lower cost of living and move and because there's so many eateries there's so many chefs that's embracing it and I just see now that that movement is here you know um, just the amount of 
uh, corporate offices that's moving out here or looking or just, you know, entertaining to come and move out here. This is going to be the next Bitcoin. <laughs> I agree. I, I've spoken. I've spoken about that for a long time, and uh, I'm I'm a local to the state of Arizona. I was born in Prescott. I've lived in Phoenix for the last thirty plus years, and I've had many opportunities to leave. And I've had people ask me, "Why aren't you in L.A.? Why aren't you in San Fran? Why aren't you this place or that place?" And I let them know. It's like because I could not do what I'm doing here. Right. The same opportunity doesn't exist other places. Phoenix is this this. Um, opportunity that's been rising out of these desert ashes of of this forgotten town yeah yeah no. and so seeing some of this uh this opportunity that's what made me stay and now we're starting to see the revitalization of downtown phoenix in a big way and that's by the people that chose to stick around and the people that realized the opportunity that existed here and you know i know dust you were a part of four peaks for many years and then you left to go to the east coast as well yeah so what brought you back well i mean you know i went i had a great opportunity to go back to new york and i took it and you know it was a great opportunity to help another company grow and for also myself to grow as well as a brewer and how long are we out there uh four years it was going to be like two years and then three years and then four years and then finally when it was in a good spot where i felt comfortable and everything kind of lined up then it was like okay it's time to time to start our own thing and uh, when we were talking about, you know, Mike and I, my business partner, where we wanted to do it, you know, he had spent time in Arizona because his sister lives out here. I obviously spent three years out here, you know, when I was working with Four Peaks. And I just, you know, being a New York guy, when I lived out here the first time from like 09 to 12, like I fell in love with the state, you know, Phoenix specifically, but the state as a whole. It's such a diverse state. You know, you have all these different climates and like it's just really this beautiful area. And then there's also like Phil was saying, like, there's something about it that it was just kind of neglected. You know, most people and myself included prior to me living here, you, you don't really give it credit. You know, you kind of think of it, you fly over it or it's the desert or whatever. And you spend time here and you realize how beautiful it is and how cool it is. And there's something about wanting to be a part of making it something special, you know? And so like well, our area, you know, on 40th and Thomas, like it's pretty forgotten about area but it's starting to come back we're starting to bring some life there same thing down here in roosevelt row it's really starting to like kick off and i think like with folks like us trying to just be genuine and passionate about what we're doing and say hey there's some really cool stuff that's going on here it's cool to see people then starting to recognize that and come back to it and to be a part of it and we don't necessarily i don't know about you phil but when we're in the zone and like when I'm brewing and doing all the stuff, you don't really notice it. Yeah. And sometimes you do an event and then like a customer comes up and they're like, Hey, this is really cool. I'm really excited to see this. Hey, you guys are a part of making me want to come here. Totally. And totally. <laughs> you know, and that, and that's been the biggest joy for me, uh, being downtown is just those customers. Like we really needed this in our community. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that just kind of helps me, realized that like I called it the right name as being the trap house you know right. because that was what my intent was of building the trap houses you know um a lot my favorite place in Manhattan was like downtown Soho um just like a little eatery spot that you could go into grab a beer grab some good you know drinks and then also have some great food right. you know and and that's what I wanted to do in this urban community as well. You know, just downtown, just kind of cookie cut something out of, you know, so the painting on the walls and the brick and the overlay and just the, you know, barbecue and, and the beer. And, you know, that all is what I wanted to bring here. And uh, it, it just makes me feel good when when customers do come in and say, hey, this is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. This is what we needed, you know. And, and when they come in and they say, oh, Helio Basin, oh, that's my favorite brewery. That's cool. You know, <laughs> and, and it just all connects yeah. again. You know, uh, it, it's, it, it's, just, it's just great hearing that and knowing that you could be a part of this, you know, yeah. as to grow. Absolutely. I hope they like the artwork, too. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of but, course. Uh, hey, uh, you, you had mentioned kind of feeling like the name Trap House was the right name for, for the space, especially in downtown Phoenix. Can you speak more to what the name Trap House means yes. to you? All right. Okay. So being urban, growing up in New York, right? You know, the trap house is kind of like where younger, our, our younger uh, generation feels that they trapped in their 
community that they'll never have a chance to get out. So they need to actually be good at what they're doing, and that's their trap, right? That's their trap. That's their trap. So I went off of that, but the whole meaning to me of Trap House is just being able to produce a good product in a comfortable atmosphere where people feel trapped and being community centered and just loving and, and embracing it, you know? So the trap house to me is a lazy Sunday, a, la okay. a lazy Sunday, right? I but feel that. It, in, in the urban community, trap house means that you're trapped and you're just doing the best at what you can. So it has two definitions. You well, know? I think a lot of a lot of us can really relate to that. Uh, you know, the there's a lot of time spent contemplating on what it is that that drives us, what makes us passionate, what it is that we want to do with ourselves. Yes. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast right now, you know, I really hope that you're gaining something from this because honestly, what we're who I'm talking with today right now are two people that fell in love with something, food, and fell in love with beer. And those are some of the basics of the human construct. Now, what you take with that when you create something that stands out from the pack, I mean, that's what brings community together. That's what has people start to surround you and want to know what it is that these people know that the rest of the community doesn't. And all that is is sharing a oneness, um, the fact that we want a place for you to come where you're going to feel comfortable, you're going to feel like you're a part of something, and you're gonna walk away feeling like you got quality for your, for totally. your buck. So, so again, you're absolutely right, and that's what the Trap House is all about. Because for myself and for Helio Basin, we feel like we're good at what we do. So we're producing to give into the trap, right? Now, the people that come, they should feel welcomed and feel like we're doing the best and see what we're doing is the best that we can do for the community and that's part of the house i gotta i gotta speak to that directly because i mean <laughs> I, I have seen the lines around oh, yeah. the block i have heard the way that the employees talk to the people that come in here there is just this i i I've, and i've seen restaurant after restaurant open in downtown phoenix and i've seen a lot of them close too yeah uh, but one of the things that I can speak to about this location that I have not seen anywhere else is the absolute sheer level of community that you bring, like just the, the openness, the excitement, the joy that you're here. Um, and again, too, just like the way that the employees make you feel like it's, you belong. Immediately. And, and the people that come in here, like when we come in, it's cool to see because like if you haven't been in here, there's this big bench seat and then there's a couple of community table style and yeah. these seats and you see people sit down here and they're uh, kind of like another like trap reference. They're trapped here and they're they're almost forced to talk, talk to, to somebody. Yeah, yes. and, and that's we do the same thing there. That's why we don't have a lot of TVs. We have the community yeah, tables. Yeah, yeah. You if you see somebody sitting from me to yeah, you away yeah, yeah, at a different yeah. table, Listen, you yeah. see that good food and you're like, hey man, what'd you get? Oh yeah, man, exactly. maybe I want to go. And then exactly. you connect and you don't even exactly. know like who that person is. And then exactly. you're having a great conversation. Exactly. You get off your phone. You're like, and, and if you notice anything else about the trap, notice this: how comfortable the bench seating is, oh, where man. the people are sitting at, but how hard the to-go bench is. <laughs> you just rubbing it in, or what, man? No, <laughs> I'm in the to-go bench, so these two are sitting on the nice bench. Feels good. It feels so comfy. I'm right at home. I can't, though, because if I eat too much of that food, it makes me want to curl up on the bench and take a hey, nap. Hey, you know man. what? Those crack that, wings are that's, ridiculous, that's gonna be the, the That's going to be the, the bedroom of the trap house, you know? Have a little cot in the back that you could, you know, take a five-minute nap yeah. to get ready. <laughs> I'm going to need that. I'm gonna need, I could have used that while I was working on these walls because, exactly. man. Exactly. Well, I, and I can't attest to the comfortability of these booths because I, I spent maybe an hour, maybe a little bit more napping on them. Seven. Maybe seven. <laughs> it's possible we watch those cameras. I don't know. No. One thing I need to ask you, Jess. Yeah, please do. So, Jamie Serretta, right? Jamie Serretta came, and she was like, yo, my goodness, you got Jesse? She's like, I, I saw Jesse at your spot. He's doing your spot. What? And that's when you was on the first wall. And 
and I work and and I have already had communicated with a couple of other artists and they show me their work or whatever and I saw some of your work as well but what made me connect with you was like I would just tell you my vision and you totally got it like oh, you yeah, you that's you, for sure. you like <laughs> totally got it and just went with it and so like when I talked to Jamie Soretta I was like you know Jamie I just can't wait to see what his mind interprets that to. Like, oh, yeah. I, I spit something to him, and he took it, digested it, and created, like, the greatest thing ever. And that's, like, dude, <laughs> I just had this conversation last week with somebody else. And I said, I said, uh, yo, you're going to be, like, the painter of Murphy Brown. You remember that? <laughs> like, he, she, he, like, they never left. Like, that painter never left. It was just, yeah. like, an ongoing. I'm going to be like, bro, like, do this next one. Like, right. I only got, like, five walls. I'm next like, year. yo, do another one. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that's literally the same thing that happened with Helio Basin is yeah. uh, I was introduced to them via their food purveyor. Yeah, yeah. I did a mural for them uh, in a space that needed some some life and some love that spoke to who Helio was, which they're a minimalist brewery. They really believe in being able to deliver a good beer with minimal and local ingredients that truly impart natural flavors that uh, the human palate is really seeking. And not to mention, he does it with an East Coast panache that just (laughs) (laughs) blows some of these other beers out of the water in AZ. Love you, Helio. Um, But... It, it really turned into something more. Uh, I think immediately we discovered how well we worked together, and then there were just ideas that kind of started to pop off one another oh, yeah. based on it being an easy collaboration. And uh, speaking from an artist's perspective, I can say that you made it a very easy environment to create, <laughs> making a good piece in the end. I've had people over my shoulder dictating where every line goes. I've had people that ask me to copy things you know, from this image exactly. But when you give me something, a few pieces to chew on, that's what, you know, that's where the artist does the best. But you know what? I think that's what breaks us down from the rest is just the fact that we love and we're passionate about what we do. So I, you know what? If, if I wanted to paint, it would totally never came out anywhere close to what you did. But I don't know. I, I know that, right? So if, if I'm going to say, hey, this is what I need, this is what I want, and you run with it, why am I going to like micromanage that part? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Same thing with me. You say, hey, Phil, this is what I'm in the mood for. I'm, on, I'm going to go in the kitchen and whip something up. Right. Same thing with you. I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm kind of like feeling an IPA or something. Yeah. Like, you're going to be like, oh, hey, hey, trust listen, that person, listen. Yeah. I, I know exactly. <laughs> so that's what I feel like breaks us off from the rest is just the fact that you know what that person is trying to get end result is going to be and just I just need to big you up uh, how much you were in tune with my creativity this is what I wanted to do but I knew I couldn't. Oh, yeah. Well, I, was, I, I appreciate like was that, Phil. Thank you. You was in my brain, bro. <laughs> Thank you for opening that door. It was a John Malkovich moment. I got to step in there and just check things out for a second. I took some notes and I came back out. And, you know, I think it turned into exactly what you're saying. I think it turned yes. out right. Yes. Um, but one of the, I mean, honestly, it has to do with the energy that you're putting out there and a level that goes with it. And this is the one word I always come back to is trust. Yeah. Uh, if you're trusting, every time you go out to eat, every time you go out to do anything, you're trusting that those people that are putting something on your plate are not only doing it in a, in a healthy way, but they're doing it in a, in a standard that's going to be delicious. You know, right. something that's up to your standard, up to your par. That's, that's the trust issue. Um, so when you get like minds together that want to collaborate and put a project together, having that trust is what is able to make things come together and, and be the greatest. Oh, totally. And that's what I found in both working with Helio and both working with Trap House. And I think that you're right in saying that it's it's unique, it's what makes us stand apart, but at the same time, looking at it from the human perspective, this is what we should all be doing. Yeah, yeah. totally. You, you totally. trust somebody else to totally. do what they are good at, Yeah. and they will be good at it. Right, absolutely. Right? Oh, totally. And you hey. worry about you. And, 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 that, and that's my next. Okay, so so you already got in my mind. Now I'm ready to go to Helio and be like, listen, 
I need a beer created for the trap house. We need a trap house brew. Oh, we can do that. So that sounds like the future. Oh, shit. Yeah. I just got excited about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. You got Cheerio Hour. Cheerio Hours, Beats, Beer, and Q, and a trap house beer. Oh. What is Hell that? Yeah. Okay. Hey, what is that right off the top of your head? What, is that, what does that taste like? Angels. He's got his own spice rub, too, it, by it, the way. It, if you, you know, didn't know. No. But, but, but it's kind of hard. You know why it's hard? Because it's three cans right now out is killing me. Right, like it's it's hard to like digest and create something new when you're already in love with something ready. Sure. But it's okay. Give you a perfect example. I had my first daughter. I was like, congratulations. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was 24 years ago. But anyway, <laughs> I'm a little late. Belated, belated congratulations. But, but, but when I had my first daughter, I should say, um, you know, when my when my wife says, oh, you're not pregnant, I was like, damn, how do how can I love? Another human being, like I love my daughter, and I didn't understand that till I had my second child. And yeah. I'm like, wow, you love them the same. Now, like all my menu items are the same way. Oh, so yeah. when people come in and they say, hey, what's your favorite? What's your best? Oh, I was like, the hey, worst they're, question. They're, yeah. they're, these are my children. <laughs> Yo, these are my kids. I have no favorites. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So it's kind of hard for for me right now with that question. Like, what does that pertain as being the next beer? It's hard because I'm still so in love with my. First child. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and then I think that's why we, we look to Dustin, you know, because you don't have to give up any of these children to have a new child on the shelf. That's true, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, that's like what, when, when you're eating barbecue and you're thinking about that perfect beer that is going to It depends on match. what the food is, you know. So, like, for each of the different things that he has, you know, we went through and, you know, did the tasting notes and stuff for him, too, and matched them with the beers and the chupacabra with that peppercorn pilsner. Like, that complements a lot. But oh, then, you know, so the Fayuca Rising, like that hoppiness cuts through some of the sauce and certain things and 602 is easy so i really right now i'm just envisioning we're gonna have to come down here like in the next monday or something like that and do a meat monday and just do tasting notes on everything and and that's usually how it goes i mean when it comes when you're doing like a new beer style it usually starts with some sort of inspirational thing and i'm sure the same is true for you with a different piece you know you get inspired by something and then you kind of like back into it from there like something triggers it and it's like this is a great idea this is a great reference point how do i get to there okay let me work all the way back to ground zero Absolutely. and build it back up and so i'm, I'm kind of excited about this yeah this is this is going to be fun I and mean, even you're doing the can, uh, right? you gotta do the i'm gonna have to do the yeah. can clearly yeah that, totally it's gonna be a badass can yeah it's freaking gonna now be I gotta sweet make a beer good enough to <laughs> shit that's all right. That's all right. We'll, 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 all right. we'll make it work. I, mean, I think, honestly, the food that he puts out, um, I've been waiting for a barbecue place that was up to par. Now, I can honestly say that I've never tried my favorite barbecue until I came here. Yeah. And that's not blowing smoke. Enjoy the pun or pardon it, whatever. Oh, nice. um, yeah. Uh, what makes it your favorite? The accessibility. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that I can get it the way that I want, the smoky quality of it, and I love the marbling of his fat-to-meat ratio. It's, it's, it's juicy, too. It's not dry barbecue. Um, I'm not a big fan of white bread barbecue, and a lot of time, or and just dry rub barbecue, I need my choices, and the dry rub combined with the sauce, the fact that it's fatty. You have a culinary background, too, so you're a very like specific palate. You know, I do you know what very, I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've also studied uh, what drives the human palate and understanding the, the, the fat content really is something that makes or breaks a business. Sure. Uh, and the fat content that he has in his meat, I think, really lends to the, um, the deliciousness of it. It's about, you know, there's always like these balancing components and always really kind of when you break it down, these like simple and relatable flavor profiles to everybody. And like fat content is something that people like it's a you know people crave it you know it's satisfying you know whether they think about it or not there's certain elements that are in all these different components and different food and like fats or salts or whatever things that you might not even realize that you like and you have it and it's like oh man i like that what's on there well there's a good amount of fat content to it like good fats and a little bit of salt just right or whatever but those are like basic things that everyone can kind of recognize and it appeals to everybody and so when you kind of bring those elements in and then you add your own complexities to it you know when the foundation is good you know, it's only well, texture is always there. that that other element. Um, texture is very important to the American um, connoisseur. Yeah. We don't eat slimy things. We don't eat you know weird, creepy, 
crunch things that are, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I do, but I'm weird. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind a good crunch, but um, yeah, slimy might be definitely. I think I think that texture is a very important quality when it comes to eating, and <clears throat> you know, Trap's got it down. He has a very unique brisket in the way that he cooks it. Yeah, you know, uh, it's it's simple. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about my whole findings in like uh cooking right especially on the com- uh competition scene i was doing too much okay was, oh, you, yo, you were doing out, too I much started doing too much okay wait hold up this is this is the best story ever i wish my oh, boy could i wish battle. i could have told it better so I, I joined kcbs is a big kansas city barbecue uh society right so i'm, I'm competing with them and they give me a rule book I don't read rules. I don't read instructions, right? He used that to prop up his grill. Yeah, that's right. So, so anyway, here's the deal. There's certain rules and regulations that you have with any sport, right? Sure, so, sure. So I, 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 I'm like, yo, I'm looking at these boxes, and I'm like, yo, they're plain boxes. This parsley, it has um, uh, like, uh, like lettuce and things, but nobody's really making that box pop. So I made the most perfect chicken. Like this chicken was so, I've been into it. I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. So I was like, I'm going to make my box pop. I, I laid it with, uh, with, with uh, leafy lettuce. And then around each thigh that I put in the box, you got to put six thighs. I lined it with red tip lettuce. Mind everyone, it was like a little cupcake, Ooh. like a little flour, and oh. that was the butt of the flour oh, was I like holding the, the, the thigh, right? Dude, wait, hold up. So, the worst <laughs> thing you could ever want, you turn in a beautiful box, and the DQ tank, the D2, the D, DQ cart not, comes by, not Dairy Queen, y'all. Yeah, yeah, no, not Dairy Queen. That means you're disqualified. So, disqualified, anyway, y'all. So I'm like, uh, where? Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. They stopped at my tent, and I'm like, uh, so they come in, and he's like, "Is this your box?" And at first, you know, every guy's impulse is like, "No nope. lie." Yeah, yeah. I'm like, "That's not my box. I never seen that box before in my life." I don't know who's that is. So they was like, "Do you know you're not supposed to use red tip lettuce?" And I'm like, "Did not know that." And now, meanwhile, I'm in the middle of making my next rib box, right? And I got red tip lettuce. It looks like a bloody murder on my table right now. I'm like, "Oh, you're not." And they's like, "Yeah, that was the rules. You didn't read the rules." I was like, "Nah." And at the end of that, they was like, okay, this is what we could do. You're getting, the lowest you could get is a one. And they said, you're going to get a one in, I forgot it was appearance or something like that. But everything else was nines. Okay. So I got top, but there was like, that was the lowest. And that was the perfect chicken I ever made in my life, right? because of that, right? Yeah. So I was like, all right, cool. And they left. Man, I had Tourette's for the end of the day, right? I was just like, ah! Oh, I bet. <laughs> like, just screaming. <laughs> Yo, but, but it, just, it just made me learn that I was just doing too much. And once I simplified things, and like you said with my brisket, I got almost like that Texas-style brisket. I just got different methods to bring it up, but I use salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Then I kind of enhance it after I wrap it and kind of bring it out and make it, you know. So there's certain methods. I could give you my recipe 100%, but you won't be able to do the fill the grill way because it's a method to cooking everything. Heard, heard. And there's an energy that you put into your food, too. There's those little nuances, as they're known in the kitchen, that each individual chef puts into their cooking. The way that they turn a bowl, the way that they flip a meat, the way that they hold and handle a knife when they're cutting through the flesh, the angle in which they cut the meat absolutely has a way to do oh, it. Totally. You know, So much totally. to do with it. I mean, there's totally. all of these subtle variations that people don't understand when they're going in to really experience something but one thing that's for sure that i've noticed here is you have delivered uh, a style that can that's simplified enough to deliver something that tastes so good complicatedly yes. technique yeah like just so yes. much yeah and you know i take it for granted sometimes because at, at the same time it's like when you're doing it and i don't know if you get the same way it's like yeah i'm just producing you know my product but people are like like tripping over the streets of it in in the streets over it, right. and you're like, 
Ah, this is just something simple, so yeah. simple, you know. And that's when I learned it on the commu- um, on the competition scenes, just to keep it simple. You know what I mean? Keep it simple, and you get the better results. So just keeping it simple, staying in your lane, and doing what you need to do. Well, and I think that Helio can certainly attest to that. They're just over a year old, and they already have a slew of awards under their belt as well. They were named yeah. one of the top thirty new breweries in the United States the year that they opened. Yeah. They won uh, Devoured the year before last. They t- took the awards for the Scottsdale Culinary Competition. They've won pie socials, not to mention they're working a lot with local charities. But yeah. one of the things that, I mean, how, 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 are you, how are you dealing with all of that? And, you know, what, what makes you feel like you've, uh, that that's you? I think for us, it's just, I mean, well, obviously Chef Tammy's a badass. Right. So, I mean, that with the culinary scene, like she's, she, and she just like, you know, she puts so much passion into what she does too. And same thing, kind of like it's bring these simple flavor profiles, don't overdo it, and then just be true to what you're doing. And then the same is true for me with the beer. You know, our number one selling beer is our American IPA. It's not the most hoppy IPA. It's not the highest alcohol IPA out there. It's not going to like blow your mind or anything like that as far as hard to get and all this kind of stuff. But people love it. People that either got overpowered with crazy IPAs and came back to it, and it's approachable to people that don't like IPAs and then they're trying it for the first time it's just that simple thing where and that's kind of where I was surprised I was like I did it as an approachable style and then you see people love it so much and it's like they just gravitate towards the simplicity and something that's approachable and then you know when it comes to the different awards and things like that we're just doing us you know like you don't like you don't try to the minute you try to like how can I impress this person Mm -hmm. fuck that it's like just do you be true to who you are and if they respond well to it then that means you're doing something right, I guess. Yeah. Right. You know, and sometimes people will be critical here and there too, and that's fine. I mean, everyone knows These what they are like. Talking about you, right? Yeah, and it's like at least at least we're on their their radar, I guess. And you just can hope that you know that more people like what you're doing than don't like what you're doing, and yeah. you know, don't put out a bad product, but don't try to change yourself to yes. just to win them over. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and 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 that's exactly what I was trying to say is just you know the simple fact that once you realize that. It's easier to just be you and do what you are used to doing. Th- that was like the main goal. Yeah. It, and, th- and that you really been blessed with something. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and you're right. Like sometimes you feel like you're surprised by what people really like because you're like, all right, well, well, well that was the simple that was thing. Cool. All right. I was, I was trying to recreate the wheel, <laughs> yeah, but this yeah. is the simple stuff. And all of a sudden it really... takes off and you're like, that's cool, man. I'm into that. That's, uh, I mean, that's a really good kind of direction to go. So what has surprised you the most about opening up this new location and, and really being so connected to the public now? Um, okay, so I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I was having nightmares in the middle of the night with going through construction with this place to, to where like I was just like jumping up like in cold sweats like it was my opening day and nobody came through the door oh, <laughs> I, was no. like, I was like yo I turned the sign around for clothes to open and nobody we just all standing here waiting for like the first by. first company first customer I still have those nightmares man it, never, no. doesn't, it doesn't go away I don't think yo and, and, and so it's just amazing, and 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 I think that's what I. And I think with what you're saying, I'm still waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah, like that last shoe, like, but that helps your hustle at it the same does, time yeah. because it just makes you more hungry and 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 earning more. You're like, okay, I got to be prepared when that shoe drops and that shoe drops. Okay, when's that next shoe gonna drop? Yeah, I got to be prepared. So it just makes you hustle more yeah, and motivate it more to just keep. Doing it like it's your first, you right. know what I mean? And, and, and living every day like it's your last. So that just keeps me keep going and keep going. But the way everybody's supported, I'm like, okay, when does it drop? When does it drop? When does it drop? When does it drop? It's already dropped. It's already dropped. It's hard really to, man, that is good beer. Uh, drinking the Chupacabra right now. Oh, yeah. I do like um, this, yeah. We just need some brisket with it. Right? <laughs> Where's Terry? Go with that Terry. How's see that up thing? Yeah, see, see if he got that uh see if he got that smoker clean yet. <laughs> hey Terry, you got that smoker clean? You scrubbed that shit yet? Get to it. Well I think part of the thing that like, you know, you're talking about like when is it gonna drop, you know, and things like that, and it's like you never know, like you you always wanna be on your game, right? Yes. And one of the things I always think about is you never know. So even going back to the production coming, sometimes like it's a simple thing and you're just kind of like, all right, that's one I know I can make over and over. But 
you never like will get lazy with it because you're always you totally. never know when someone's having your totally. product for the first time. Totally. And even for totally. one second, if you're like, yes, I can maybe cut yes. this corner. It's like you never know when someone's walking yes. in the door and they're gonna yes. have that beer and yes. maybe you cut yes. a corner and they'll yes. never come back. Yes. I live exactly. and breathe that as an exactly. artist because every line that I'm making on a wall. Um, you know, it's it's not always thinking about the person that's going to be driving by or whatever. Honestly, I'm thinking about the other artist that's going to be coming by like, and judging okay, my line too, work, yeah. you know. Um, so that being said, it's uh, and two, you never know who, know who your next client is. So yep. every piece that I do, everything that I put out there, the same way as every beer that you put out there and every plate that you put out there is you don't know who's experiencing that never know and it could be the most important person in your career so if you are putting yourself out there it's a matter of knowing who you are and delivering all the time yeah all the time yeah absolutely. and uh i've worked with plenty of people that you can tell they're lazy yeah. they they're inconsistent they they're not willing to deliver on a on a basis that lets you know this is who I am all the time. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I can attest to is that both Trap House and Helio deliver all the time. Thank you. And they, and they uh, attempt to achieve beyond your expectations. That's, that's the yeah. goal. That's our goal. Because you know what? We stay hungry. We stay hungry. If but you come too. If, if, you, <laughs> if you come in hungry, we're hungrier. We're behind the counter hungrier yeah. trying to serve you the proper and, and give you everything that will fill you up, but we stay hungry. We stay wanting and yearning to please that next person that walks behind you. Oh, yeah. So so looking at that, what uh, you've talked about potentially brewing a, a trap house beer, oh, which is some thrilling oh, yeah. news. I mean, I'm <laughs> stoked on that. Uh, but what do you see? And I know again, you haven't even opened a month yet. But like, what is what's what's in the future for Trap House? You know, in the in the future for Trap House is the unknown. So the the reason why I've been able to obtain my goals is I just put that carrot, and I call it my carrot because I'm the donkey, I'm the jackass, right? So I got I got the carrot in front of me. But just in arm's reach, right? Yeah. I never go like too far in advance that I'm concentrating on a further goal and not meeting my goal that's right in front of me. So with that being said, I'm just trying to make sure everything is consistent so I can stay open later. I could just give the product that I'm getting to the people here. And, and once I feel that this is an oil wheel and everything is... 100%, then we'll go to the next step and open up another spot or, or branching off or doing anything else. But for right now, it's just to make sure that everybody in here has the same quality or same experience as the first person that walked through the door. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's, that's always, you know, and, you know, so I do have ADHD, but and, and not, it hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been documented. <laughs> but I, I, I've actually uh, diagnosed myself with it. But I don't, I don't let that interfere with me trying to reach my goals. Once I have put my goals closer and just try to hit my goal from day to day, I think I just put a post on today that had to deal with that. I, I said, you know, once you – what did I say? See? I already forgot. <laughs> but I said, I said, once you – ah, you know, you know what? Hold on. <laughs> he's gonna check that he's post. It. You know, it's interesting that he's ADHD because I yeah. am actually diagnosed ADHD as well. Um, and uh, for those of you that don't know, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, and generally that's the class clown kids that are sitting fiddling. That they got so much going on that they can that all they're doing is making jokes. Well, a lot of those kids end up becoming entrepreneurs, and uh, what they put out ends up generally being some of the best stuff that's on the market today. Totally. Yeah. All right, so go back to my quote today. Setting goals is the first step in turning invisible to visible. I, I Absolutely, yeah. because a goal is an idea, and once you put it down, 
gives you something to focus on. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I and reach that goal first yep. before you say, okay, well, this to that, to that, to that. Right. To, it is so easy to do. It's so, you know? Yeah, it, like it, once you it, don't it, have it, that, it's like. Because developers uh, have already hit me up and said, hey, hey, Phil, you should come downtown, uh, Mesa. You, we're ready for you. I see what you're doing here. It's going to be great. Let's go. No, wait. Let me perfect you, you, everything <laughs> here first before oh, I go yeah. somewhere Man. else. Man, <laughs> and, and can you imagine how many people have fallen for that part in the pun, but that trap, uh, you know, of of opening up a concept that immediately is picked up by people as saying this is going to be successful, and right. then you grow too quickly for your own good, and Absolutely. you lose yes. that yes. special something that makes yes. you you. A hundred percent, yeah. That's part of, like, the growing pains, right? Yeah. I want to feel the growing pains. you got to know when to say no. Yes. Yeah. That's an that's that. just as important a lesson as everything else that that you've been sharing today, you know. And and coming from Phil, and I can attest to, he is a workaholic. So knowing when to say you've already got enough on your plate, especially in a barbecue joint, is hard to <laughs> I do. I know, hard to do. I don't think I would be able. I mean, because mm, you got to you, you do yeah. have you got an amazing menu here, Phil. You have yeah. an oh, amazing yeah. menu yes. here. Yes, I, you know, and it's it's growing every day. We're gonna. Uh, do daily specials. Uh, daily specials. That's like my next goal, right? Okay. So daily specials. What's that so, look like? Uh, you know, you got some uh, some wagyu beef okay. ribs. That's Japanese I mean, beef, well, beef for well, those you don't know. Well, beef short ribs, right? Shit, Japanese Ooh, beef yes, short yes, ribs. Yes, yes. Not watering yet. And and I'm trying to. I I, I know we're on the uh, West Coast, and Taco Tuesday is big here. But I'm you ain't you ain't scared of Tuesdays, are you? No, that's a challenge. Phil ain't scared that's of Tuesdays. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. So I think I'm about to tur- turn it into a Turkey Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Turkey and Tuesday. you cook with turkey. Oh yeah. So yeah. I got the turkey breast, smoked turkey breast. You could get on a platter, and then I could just come up with one of my signature sandwiches that will be on like Very a Tuesday. See, hey, y'all, you can set you up, can man. have lean <laughs> barbecue. Okay, that's a fact. You can have lean barbecue. You can come to Trap House and get lean barbecue. You can okay. get that turkey. And, and then and here's the one big thing all right so my front wall that you just like recreated and did like barbecue flies no right yeah yo yo oh my goodness you done <laughs> killed, you killed that wall it, it, like that wall is like yo 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 you killed it so with that i have to do a daily special off of that when's the last time you had a pig wing I don't. I can't. Honestly, I can't think of a time. <laughs> I had a pork lollipop one time, but that's about as far well, as it goes. Well, the pigs that can fly, man, they're hard to catch. That's I right. Know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we're doing. We're going to do the uh, when pigs fly, pig wings, and it's going to be straight uh, Philly crack wing style. Okay. Dude, your current crack wings are ridiculous. I know. They, they so are. Why not and my, pork into oh the yeah. And, and you know, just, my wife I'm, loves I'm wings, and shit. she she <laughs> let me know the tea, and she told me that yours are yours are up there. So, yeah. What, what's up with those crack wings? Those are your claim to fame. Oh, those are my claim to fame. You know, um, everybody's like, okay, trap house, Philly crack. What's going on in there? Okay, so here's the deal. No one likes a smoky wing because it's so soft and soggy. Uh, at the end of the day. So why not just throw it in a flash fry real quick, just to crisp the skin up, throw it in my secret seasoning and sauce and kind of, well, you could get it sauce and you could just get it dry. I call them naked, but you could get it either way. You'll like it. Get sauce on the side. And that's, and that's the crack. The crack happens when that soggy skin hits that oil. It just cracks up. And I will say the crack happens in in you when that skin hits your palate because literally it just it melts into your palate. It is phenomenal. You got that crispy skin on the outside, the juicy, tender, not dry chicken on the inside. Absolutely phenomenal. If you haven't tried it, try it. With, with the taste of smoke yeah. from the smoker. And that's one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things too. And not to mention too, your, your spice rub, it, it stands apart. Yes, and it's something that I created, my own. I know a lot of pit masters, and I'm not going to call names out. I'm not going to ruin anybody's reputation. He's not mentioning you. But I have seen them at the barbecue island buying their own rubs. Why is why, why is this? Because they don't know their own recipes. They created something in the factory that was created for them, and they don't even know their own. I actually can make my own stuff. I can make my own sauce that I do on deck. I make my own rubs that I do on deck.
but you also could buy a bottle of it and, you know, out to go. And I created that, and that's kind of where it got my claim to fame. It got my claim to fame to in the uh, barbecue community as competing and, and, and what I've liked. And it's all my flavors that I like and I like to roll with. Uh, and, and I like to taste. And that's all been about the love that we first spoke about, and just cooking and having the passion and things like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think, too, one of the if we were going to choose a word for the day, it would really be balanced because I think that uh, with the distinctive, smoky, bold flavors that are really delivered from Trap House, uh, Helio's beer 100% brings a particular balance oh, that oh. is it's almost needed when you have barbecue. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's in there, right? Yeah. It's the Beats Beer and Q. Like, yeah. it's yeah. that's what Beats Beer and Q. If you ever wonder what it stands for, that's the acronym, y'all. <laughs> Beats Beer and Q. That's man. it. That's it. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that Helio's beer, which is also East Coast style, really brings a particular balance to what's been brought to the West Coast. Yeah, and we'll, like for us, like you know, especially with like Chef Tammy in our house, like too, it's a matter of like, how do you create pairings you know we pair everything on our menu and we want beer that's not going to overpower somebody's food how's it going to bring this balance and like this complimentary you know blend to it you know you know phil works mad hours trying to get his his smoke and his spice right and everything like that and it's like well what beers will not overpower like some of those intricate flavor profiles that are there and just kind of maybe help accent them or you know contrast pleasantly with them and that's what it's all about man i mean that's you want to have like this cool harmony and it's depending on your palate it's either going to be complimentary or contrasting you can mix and match but you find out what you like and you go from there absolutely and i i, I really think that that uh really brings it home 100 percent is when people are going out to experience something they want to experience something that re- it's nostalgic uh the age of going out and being wowed by things that you'll never experience again is over uh it, it's all about coming together again, community, sharing, uh, and developing the relationships between one another. People are really 100% coming back to that. And getting to come to a place like Trap House that his, uh, I mean, honestly, their philosophy really embodies that. You've got local artists, you've got local beer, you've got a guy who comes and falls in love with Phoenix and what Phoenix is putting down and wants to be a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. And now in 2018 and moving forward, this is the developing culture in downtown Phoenix. And uh, that culture is passion and it's speaking directly to uh, local yeah. and uh, quality. Yeah. Quality. And a lot of times those things are overlooked because people want the next hot thing, you know? Right. And they're more like, is this hard to get or is it good? And you sometimes people want the hard to get stuff and they overlook being good and quality. And I'm tired of wasting my money on that hard to get right. stuff too because I think that's the biggest thing is yes. you go and you try it. You work it's hard for your money. Overrated, yeah. absolutely. And um, make it approachable, you know? Approachable. And that's the other word of the day that I really want to bring in is um, the approachability of this location of downtown Phoenix has really just extended and opened its arms to saying, like, this is the biggest small town in America. Everybody knows everybody, and it is a representation of what's happening in the United States today. Uh, Phoenix is a great place to come and experience uh, the human condition really right now. And uh, not only through great, great barbecue, great grilled meats, but also through fantastic brews. Um, and, And not to... You know, blow my own horn, but hopefully some good artwork. Oh, yeah. The artwork's amazing. And especially when you sit here in the apparently not so comfortable chairs, but I think they're comfortable. <laughs> but you get to, that's where you get to look at the artwork. So it makes it even that that's much more amazing. Yeah. But one of the things like, I, I wanted to ask you too, Phil, is like, you know, for us, so many people ask, we're both from the East Coast. So we have like these quote unquote East Coast styles. However, you know, when we came out here, we really wanted to incorporate what Arizona was all about and really kind of bring that to life. And you're doing the same thing, you know, trying to bring downtown Phoenix, you know, on the map and and with the arts district. But, you know, for us, we want to kind of showcase it. And for you, I feel like a lot of people, like, even that aren't familiar with barbecue, tend to clump them into, like, two categories. You know, is it Carolina or is it is it Rub? And I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't, you don't necessarily fall into either one of those preset categories. And that's what I love about it. And it's almost like, do you feel excited exposing people to that? That maybe have those preset, like, Hey, it's not this or this. What the hell? And then they have it. And they're like, this is, and that's, and that's what I've been doing on the uh, competition scene is just, you know, 
proving that point. You know, you don't have to be from Georgia. You don't have to be from Memphis. You don't have to be from Kansas City or Texas to have great barbecue. I mean, what happened to all of the backyard cooks? What happened to all of the tailgaters? You're saying that these guys don't know how to cook? That's who I'm representing, you know? Come up with your own, you know, don't be a carbon copy, right? 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 So if you're saying Texas all has one style, I'm not feeling it. You know um, what I mean? I'm like, yo, I, 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 you got to have your own style, right? Yeah. And that's what I'm here to do. So I call myself the freestyle barbecuist. I love it. <laughs> and that's the best part about it because, yeah, like there's nothing. Everything yeah, on the menu is like a change little bit different. Bruce Lee of barbecue, man. <laughs> oh, no style is a style. I love that. I love that. But that's like that's the great thing about it is you're introducing this and kind of breaking down people's like preset thoughts about what yes. barbecue is. And it's like I love seeing that because, yeah. you know, we do a similar thing there. And it's like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Screw that. We'll get your preset ideas yeah. out of here and yeah. just open your mind yeah. and try something different. Yeah. And Don't be a carbon copy. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, be is... original. Yep. Be original. Yeah. And that's that's the last note we're going to leave you on today, Ga, is uh, be original. Be yourself. Follow your dreams. You get there. All right. And I wanted to, uh, I know, all right. I'm going to end it on that. But, uh, you know, I wanted to I wanted to thank Tap That AZ uh, podcast. You can follow them on uh, at, at Tap That AZ. Uh, or tapthataz.com. You can also follow AZ Food and Beer at azfoodandbeer.com. Uh, you can also follow me at Mr. Downtown Phoenix. You can give Phil the Grill a follow at Phil the Grill One. Uh, you can check out Trap House at traphousebarbecue.com, and you can check out Helio at heliobasinbrewing.com and Helio Basin Brew. Helio Basin Beer. Beer. Yep. At Helio Basin. Or the beer. best thing you can do to follow both of us is just come into our spots. That's right. Yeah, like old school following. Yeah, both yeah, of yeah. them are closed on Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it easy. All right. Both closed on Mondays, but they're open the other six days a week. So make sure you come in Tuesday through Sunday and check out what they're doing barbecue and check out what they're doing beer. All right. Yeah, thanks for yes. having us. Appreciate yes, thank you guys. You. Thank Appreciate you so much it. for being thank here you. and uh, and for having me. Yo! <laughs> 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 <laughs>